Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Business from the Bass Boat on the Serious Angler Network, powered by X2 Power. And guys, today I've got an exciting show lined up. This is someone I've been really intrigued to get on to uh, the Business from the Bass Boat side of things, just to kind of talk about tournament fishing, um, maybe some alternatives to just that top-level touring professional and kind of decide what makes sense for you and where you want to take things as an angler. And, um, so really that's what this show is going to be about today. A couple other nuances, but someone who has been making a, a big wave on YouTube as well, and has been, uh, kicking a lot of guys butts in tournaments for a long time. But, uh, without further ado, let's bring in Todd Castledine. What's going on, Todd? Hey, what's going on? And not too much, just kind of in a little break here, getting ready for iCast and kind of a bunch of tournaments towards the end of the year, but nothing uh nothing too crazy it's kind of nice to get caught up on get stuff done on the podcast and be at home a little bit yeah i know that's I, that's what i've been doing a lot lately and like i said i mean icast is a couple weeks out so it's it's coming up quick mm-hmm. no doubt man yeah so you were we, we were talking a little bit before the show you've been just editing and cranking out stuff youtube wise i mean is that kind of what you're doing right now when's your next derby right so yeah this is might be my my um lightest lightest tournament deals uh month i mean i actually don't have anything in july and and really basically nothing in august and and i guess i could go fish some things if i wanted to um uh, i might get into that later on in the in the show why i'm probably not uh, which is not normally what i would do um i'm getting a little older in the sense of i, I used to have to do that i don't have to do it as much and I'm glad I don't have to do it as much with where we're at in the um, just this time, like not this time, but like in this day and age, it was a little bit easier a couple years ago. It's uh, it's not as good anymore to kind of to kind of do the route I used to go. Uh, so luckily I was in it at the right time, but I, I'll talk about more of that later. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I get that. I think that'll that's a good uh, I mean, a good good current thing in your life to bring up just on how you've kind of viewed tournament fishing through the years and at least just my my outside uh understanding of what you do kind of through your videos of, of what you explain um I, maybe a good way to start things off would be let's talk about your fishing career kind of summarized version of where it started for you and maybe some of the reasons where you decided to fish more of that regional level not to say that you may not ever go do something else but with your kind of mindset on fishing for a living in general so um to me i didn't think like like way in the future right i i just was trying to figure out i mean i was in college and um just going to college working a lot and then fishing on weekends and and i just wanted to kind of keep fishing and that's all i did and, and i mean i fished through high school and there was no high school fishing the college fishing was i guess around um i i wouldn't have i didn't do it i didn't even think about doing it um i was fishing against all the what i would call grown-ups adults when i was in high school and, and at like 15 and 16 mm -hmm. that was the only thing we had so we had to go fish against if you want to go fish against anyone, it was all going to be usually adults. So I was just used to it. So we did pretty good back then. And I always used to, you know, I did, I think the first ever tournament I fished, I, we came in second. So, I mean, I always was just doing good growing up on Livingston. 
-hmm. and fishing around the house, Houston, uh, Lake Houston, Livingston, Conroe. And, you know, uh, somewhere in college, we had won a boat. But I mean, even back then, it was when you, we didn't have any money. I always had to fish with people. I didn't have a boat. I had a little 14 foot wash tall for a couple of years. But I mean, even in high school, I was walking the bank. So, you know, it was always, I just had to bum a ride with someone. And I guess I did it all the way up into pretty much college. And a little bit after that is when I first got an old, 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 old boat and mm -hmm. got in some tournaments. But I was still fishing at that point in time, like 30, 35 tournaments a year. Wow. And I just, I mean, that's all I could afford. Well, eventually around, you know, after college or a little bit, I started, I basically just started fishing as much as I can. So I fished every single tournament that came to Rayburn or Toledo or anything kind of close. So for about, I'd say for about eight years, I fished 40, I, I looked at it like 42 to 48 tournaments a year. Jeez. So, I mean, there's only 52 weeks, right? <laughs> and, and we, but we were doubling up on weekends. We were doubling up in the sense of sometimes there would be two tournaments in one day. Or we'd fish a tournament on Saturday and then run somewhere and fish tournament on Sunday. Wow. Uh, even when we started fishing the, they're now Toyotas. Mm -hmm. You know, if we didn't make the cut on Saturday, we'd go somewhere Saturday and fish a tournament. So it was, it was nonstop. Yeah. And uh, I, but I had to. I, that wasn't because I mean I loved it, but I had to do that to, to continually make money. And so I looked at it as it was all financial. I mean, it was all it, it. None of it. I did everything because of of what made sense. And if I could fish enough tournaments, then even if I made 200 bucks that weekend, that was my only income yeah. for a long, long time was was just tournaments, tournament winnings. I think like 90, 95 percent of my income was all tournament winnings. I didn't have sponsors. I had a little couple of sponsors, but no money help. So I just did that for for a long, long time. And even like in 2009, I fished my first opens and I qualified for the elites. Mm -hmm. But I had a seven-year-old truck and like a 10-year-old boat that was broke down. I had to borrow a boat. My, my boat broke down pretty much on the second open uh, or it broke down on Toledo. And then I had to borrow a boat just to get to the Shafia Basin, the third one. So, um, and, and I did a video a couple uh, uh weeks ago where i showed when i first started fishing what were called the ever starts or whatever mm -hmm. that my placings were really bad in england of the year up until we won another boat in 2010 okay and 2011 was my first year to ever win england of the year and since then it was almost all top tens in england of the year mm -hmm. and i was like yeah it's a i always used to the one of the worst things i ever heard and mike iconelli and and you know, bless his soul. He didn't know, but he was in that event, I, I believe in the Bassmaster open on Toledo Bend. And I, it's a long story, but basically everything, everything broke down on me on that event. It, it was a horrible practice of, of breakdowns and, and stuff. And it was a long, long story. Well, anyways, I ended up hearing him say, you know, at this level, it all comes down to fishing ability. We all have the same equipment. Now, I think he was kind of talking about the elites. Not the opens, but the elites. Okay. But here's the deal. When I fished the opens, that open had the more elites in it than any other open ever. 
So there was 208 guys, and I would say like 40 elite guys in there. So it did affect me. It, it I mean, it, it it did matter. Oh yeah. And so so I was sitting here going, yeah, that's that's not always true. But I ended up coming in third in the event. So long story short, I've I qualified for the elites. There was no way I was going to be able to go do it. I I wanted to, but I, luckily I was. I say I was smart enough not to do it because I wasn't ready fishing wise. I don't know, but financially, no. And what I'll say about all that is, is, is I continually did all that and then formed more relationships. Um, eventually went and fished the tour for two years, mm-hmm. which was a great deal. And I advise anyone who wants to go fish all that stuff. If it's paid for, if it's not paid for, there's, you can go online. It's very easy. Just oh, yeah. go look at everyone's <laughs> angle of the year and, and it will show you all the money they make uh, and just subtract that from the entry fees, do a little math in there about traveling. And you will see that it, it is, uh, I'd say 75% of the guys on there are breaking even or losing money. Mm-hmm. If you just don't put any sponsor dollars in there. So I've always just looked at it like that, that, the reality of what they're selling isn't really reality unless you got a lot of money and you don't mind spending it on your own. Mm. And that gamble, that gamble is not worth it to me. Yeah. It never has been. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, no, that's a great point. I mean, just to, to clarify what you're saying to have it paid for, I mean, are you saying as an angler, if you get to the point where you qualify for the tour or, or that, that high level and, your sponsorship dollars are going to cover your entry fees, travel expenses. I mean, what oh, is the threshold? I'll just take entry fees. Just the entry, entry fees fee. alone mm-hmm. would, I, I'd probably still be, I might be fishing the tour right now if I just had entry fees paid for. And, and, you know, that's probably what I would do. But even then, it's still, um, yeah, about that. That that would probably that would be okay. But now you still have to be in the top probably fifty. I was going to say. I wonder what that would be as far as your making money point if you had your entry fees paid for. One thing that I really do like about the tour, from the perspective of someone um, like yourself or someone working a job, is I mean, really, it's only six tournaments and then a championship each year. You know what I mean? As far as and we're we're talking about the tour as in major league fishing now but what was the flw tour right and and i would say i would say that's kind of a problem that's not Mm -hmm. really a good thing okay to a degree because yeah you only have six chances plus the championship to make money i mean if you make the championship you already made money so yeah like it it, so you still have to supplement other tournaments in there which which is okay Mm -hmm. but then you can't fish anything so i can't fish almost anything regionally it, or or back home once I fish the tour, so you have to look at that as that almost every team tournament um, doesn't allow me to fish back home if I fish. Oh, the tour. really? Okay. Yeah, for That's for me, yeah. and so in, in Texas they don't. Yeah, they almost every big tour I fit or team tournament I fish, not one of them would let me fish if I fish the tour. So you got to throw all that out of mm-hmm. how you would make some money, and so now you're left with Toyotas and Opens, which is oh okay but that's travel that's the once again you get into the more of the traveling deal yeah and so you can't even fish back home on your local lake 
even though the local lake's an hour for me, at least it's only an hour as opposed to driving, you know, six to eight, 10 hours away. Yeah. That's it. I didn't realize that for, for Texas. I mean, I've heard of some team series not allowing and, and different events, certain pros or certain levels of anglers, but like I, I've never really agreed or viewed that um, as a positive thing. I mean, I like how Alabama team trail allows anyone to come fish it. And to me, I don't know that that kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, you're going to have to keep that guy at the next level or wherever. You're yeah. Going. But what's crazy about that is, is, is we all laugh about it because if the, the best I ever did on Rayburn and Toledo and back was when I was fishing Rayburn and Toledo all the time versus some of the coming versus back. me traveling everywhere, not being on Rayburn or Toledo at all. Mm-hmm. And then, driving home and trying to jump in a tournament uh man i just laughed at it because i was like well look man i'm not benefiting at all like i mean i would love to be on the lake like all these locals that are hanging out on the lake all the time so i just all it didn't make sense to me and what i found out with team tournaments and, and i'm not saying anything new but it's true and i make a lot of people mad when i say it but i always stand by it Team tournament guys are not all of them. Don't get me wrong. There's like a lot of them that that do everything the right way and think the right way. But there, it only takes a couple, and those couple want they make excuses for every single thing for every reason they don't win. There's an excuse, and so there's always like a couple of bad eggs that end up ruining it for the rest of the field because they're the ones that are going to complain. Everyone else is usually fine with it. It just takes a couple guys. And so those those are the guys that will ultimately ruin a trail hmm. for a lot of different reasons. But because they just they 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 complain, you know, we just go in there and to me, if you if you're complaining about it enough, just don't fish it. Yeah. Right. But we just fished everything. If we didn't like something, we didn't think the money was right or something, we just didn't fish it. That's it. I mean, to me, like if you don't like a situation, it's not, I mean, you just, you, you are, I mean, a voting power almost in the sense by your dollars going to that tournament organization or whatever it may be. You don't necessarily have to go out and badmouth it or whatever. Just don't fish it. I mean, that's taking a, but taking a stand. Fishermen are probably the worst and it'll never get any better. And, and there's only a, we have a lot of private talks where guys call me and stuff and they go, why, why doesn't this happen? And I said, man, because fish, you can't get a group of fishermen together and, and not that they won't think the right way. It's just, there's no way for all of them to come together for whatever reason. I'll give MLF some credit. They tried in the sense of they tried to make something and go against the grain and I don't have a lot of things to say about what all they did, but they're, but what they tried to do, I agreed with was they tried to make something better and make the anglers have more money mm-hmm. and more power. Now that power deal was maybe where <laughs> things got issues. So it's like, it's hard. It's, I get it. It's a hard, you know, thing to, to figure out. But what I'll say is, is yeah, fishermen could come together and make some of these terminal organizations pay out more and do everything. But instead they just go, well, I guess I'll just get in it. And those terminal organizations are sitting there going, okay, 
um, great. So we'll just keep taking y'all's money mm -hmm. and, and doing it. And that's, that's fine. It's crazy too. Cause I've had a lot of fishermen come at me at this and yeah. I'm like, and they're, and they defend the tournament trail. And I go, you do realize I'm, I'm trying to make it better for all of us. Like the more we go stand together and, and try to make a trail better, it only benefits us. And it's weird how they'll, they won't, they don't look at it that way. It's it's very strange to me because I'm actually like fighting for them to get more money and they don't I don't know what they think, so, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and this is kind of a sidebar, but like, I mean, think about and, and I don't know. I think that fuel prices, inflation, all this stuff is going to slowly start and already has, in my opinion, uh, affected the amount of anglers fishing. Toyota Series events, opens, those type of situations, those travel yeah. tournaments, even your local stuff. I mean, you see. No, no, no. 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 It's going to, let me tell you something. It's already started, but I don't, the opens won't be as affected. Mm. Um, and the Toyotas will be less affected. The first things are going to go are the regional deals. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. the regional or the, the local stuff. The local stuff is going to go first. And I'm going to tell you why. So we got into a discussion about this the other day, me and my buddy. And I said, look, and how old, I don't know. I don't want to say, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. And, and so in 20 years, mm -hmm. I've basically been paying the same amount of entry fees in the sense of you can go still fish a tournament for about 150 to 200 bucks. Sure. I was doing that when I was, or some of them were 300 when I was like 18 or 19. And yet, that's still the same price. Yeah. Now someone might look at that and go, well, that's good. Right. I'm like, no, that's horrible. <laughs> and the reason that's horrible is in just your few years of you been doing it. Have you, have, have you seen boats get more expensive? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What about baits? Yeah, man. I mean, like you look at Rod. like everything, Every, everything, rods, reels, uh, your truck, gas, Right. Mm -hmm. So everything, everything that has to do with fishing has gone up. And so now the entry fees stay the same and you're like, good, I can still get in them. But now when you win, there's not enough money to pay for all the stuff you've been, that's been going up. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. They've got everyone. So there's two things to this. Everyone always asks, Hey, how come you and Andrew and home and all of us stop fishing the tour? And I, we go, well, look, when they started doing, even before me, the entry fees were way here and the, and, and the prize level was way up there. Well, in that short amount of time, the entry fees have gone way up and the price has gone down, not even say the same. And so it, I, it just, it, I was like, well, that's why I don't want to be around because I don't, I don't want to be known as the guy who paid the highest amount of entry fees ever for a tournament. And, and yet the payout's worse. Well, on the local level, that's what's crazy to me is no one wants that entry fee to go up. But I'm going, hey, at least on the local level, if the entry fees go up, the payout goes up because mm -hmm. that's usually a percentage deal. So I'm like, hey, at least we'll have at least we know what's going to go up if the entry fees go up. And they, yet they still don't. They still want to go fish the smaller tournaments. And I get it for some of the guys going, hey, we. We just want to go have fun. Sure. But I never enjoyed going to a tournament and fishing it, paying money, and then losing money when I got a check. 
Mm-hmm. That's a like horrible I, feeling, and everyone yeah. has felt it as it's been a tournament. Right. I like I love fishing tournaments, but man, I'd just go fishing if that was the case. I wouldn't put my money up to lose money. And like, I'm about to fish a lake that's less pressured and have a good time on it rather than going to get absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So it's it, it it still to this day blows my mind. And that's why I said if if groups of fishermen would come together and go, hey, we're not gonna fish some of these trails, and they might go in and it would force certain trails to do better. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to start happening. I think in the in the next couple of months, you're going to see certain trails probably disappear a little bit, or or rethink how they're going to get these fishermen to come out. Because right now, I don't blame if any fishermen don't want to go fish a tournament trail because the payout's so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, and basically. You're, you went over a lot of things there with entry fees and payouts, but uh, John Hunter I had on a while back, and we've gone back and forth talking a bunch just about how tournament fishing is the opposite of like an inflation hedge because nothing has changed, right? Nothing has changed. But what's interesting is you brought up the entry fee side, and we were, were just specifically talking about the payout side. But if you think about it, that's true. I mean, if there's unless of the model changes, the model tournament fishing hasn't changed, right? Like the entry fees are always a factor when it comes to the payout. And so if that never changes, then that top end's never going to change unless the model changes. But I think about it just with our local uh, out west here. So I'm in Colorado, but our ABA series like the traditional, I think the entry fee, it's a team tournament's 200 bucks or 220 bucks or something. But then every, they do a PTT, they call it a pro team tournament once a year. That's a $550 entry fee. And the payout is substantially better. And still, I mean, it's substantially better. It pays way down further. Um, and they still, uh, you know, don't, there's not enough of an appetite to have more of those here. And, and well, in some of these states. And it's just like, guys, look at the numbers of this. This it, looks better. Listen, <laughs> we have, we got the appetite in Texas and you can't, you can't even make, I've done videos on this. You can't make these guys understand it because so we started with, and I have a meeting with them in, in a week or two, but the T, the uh, TTO guys called me up again. I think we're going to have another meeting, but it's going to start up year two. And we started this, this trail for this reason, like high entry fees. So like okay. Toyota style, $1,700, $1,800 entry fees. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, look, everyone dangles that carrot over everyone, you know, of this big boat or this giant first place deal. Sure. I'm going, guys, so much of the money goes to that. And then everyone else pretty much gets the the bad end of this. You know, I want to say something else, but they just get, they get... <laughs> It's not good for them, right? The payout's horrible from second on. Yeah. And so then you got trails that try to pay too far down, right? And and so like half the field's getting not even their money back, but yeah. they get a, a little bitty check or so much if it goes to first place. And I'm like, I said, hey, if we do this, we don't have to make this thing 50,000 like everyone else. We could put 30 on it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens is I was like, I've never met two guys that went out and fished a team trail that won 30,000 and got mad. And so now our second, third, fourth, fifth, basically we pay so much down to like 10th place or 12th place Uh that you at at basically 12th place. And I'll explain something else in there with this side pot, you cover your entire expenses for the rest of the year. 
in 12th just on a 10th or 12th place check okay and so and i mean give me an example here so at how many boats are in this and what is a 12th oh, place range check going to be so that's the crazy part we 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 figured it with 100 boats okay um and we would pay i think I, I'm, this is going off the top of my head i think 22 places now like 13 through 22 is just you're just getting two thousand dollars and it might be seventeen hundred dollar or eighteen hundred dollar entry fee okay so but, similar to a check in a toyota series right but but get this 12 places 6500 wow okay 60 yeah. like second place in these things are twenty six thousand. Wow. Third place is 18,000. Fourth is, I think, 11, or it goes like 14, 11, 10, 9, 8. Like, so you're like finish eighth place and win eight, eight or nine grand or seven wow. grand if it was up to 100. Now, we did this in tournament trails pretty much, they adopted this and they love it. Okay. But there's a side pot in there. Mm. So we initially did the side pot because of these other of having a higher entry fee and then these stupid trails that put these these you know if you paid over this amount of entry fee you don't get to fish because they're thinking other stuff so i was like hey we'll just put a side pot in there so the entry fee is only a thousand okay but the side pot's like 800. yep now why tournament trails don't want to do that is what's side pot money what's the percentage i'll say back 100 now the tournament trail doesn't get any of that money so that's why you rarely see side pots from tournament trails because they can now it's it's kind of known that a side pot gives all the money back. Yeah. But they're not making any, right? Like I said, I'm always out there trying to help the fishermen make more money. If we're gonna put up our money, let's at least get our own money back if we do good, right? Yeah. So we have this awesome side pot deal and they love it. Actually, they they adopted it for all their trails now. They said it's so good. They don't even care about trying to get the percentage back. So they've got it all. And then side pot money, you don't put that much into first, right? Okay. Because it's so you might pay, we might pay out 8,000 or 7,000 for first place on side pot, even though that's seems like a lot, but the percentage now you can make, maintain that money way on down the line. So now there's times that like an eighth place or ninth place finish, you make more on their side pot than you actually do on the actual payout on the entry fee money. But mm. when you combine them together, it's huge. And so I, we, we made it all up and they're like the, the payout on this trail is the, probably the best payout um, that there is in the country. And from yet a ratio what, standpoint from your entry. Yeah, but people are still, paying. it's hard for, they like, they won't put a pen and paper to it and look at all this stuff. We yeah. do it all the time. Like it's easy. Like I can just see it now when a trail comes out and, and I can just look at the payout and the entry and I'm like, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I've just looked at enough of them that it, it's just, I can, I can see something instantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's go into a little bit of that. I mean, from your perspective and going back to a little bit, you had fished the tour for, you said two years and then you kind of came back to, and at this point you had already been fishing full time. You're one of these guys that can, make a living like you said off of your tournament winnings alone you're in a great place to do that don't get me wrong you still had to be an incredible angler to do that had to be had to be in like you have to be down here somewhere south i mean where yeah. we can fish i mean our first tournament starts january 2nd usually so wow. we have you have to be down south i admit you have to yeah you either got to be in southeast 
or like anywhere south, I guess. Yeah, Alabama, any of that I, stuff. Well, yeah, I would say Alabama, maybe Florida and Texas are probably yeah. the only three states you can do it in. Or, or I would argue you got your guys out west, Roy Hawk, those type yeah. of guys. I mean, I don't know much cool. about right. I don't know much about the west, how mm-hmm. how it goes out there. Like, okay, so and this is just from my so I fish uh, a lot of the western stuff, and then I'll jump over and fish some of the central stuff. But so like a Justin Kerr a roy hawk like those guys and and now you have roy fishing all kinds of stuff but like they're they were known for making a living fishing just out west solely out west and that was and that's because same kind of deal i mean you can you can fish a tournament on havasu in january in february into november december i mean you can fish them year round so that's the same same kind of concept you have to be somewhere where you can fish but that's uh i mean that's a it's a it's a cool concept to me because I mean, everyone kind of sells this dream of fishing at the professional level. And like you said, if you don't put a pen and paper to the numbers, it's a hard thing to do without sponsorship. It's extremely difficult to do without sponsorship. But I love, hold on. I loved what you just said. So sold that dream. That dream they sell is, is I always laughed about the, the dream is there's only a couple guys. There's only so many Brandon Polonics. Oh, one point one percent. You know, like zero, point, very low, low point. Oh, one percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Here's one. Like I, my dream was never. Hey, wh- what are you doing? Like, man, I can't wait to sleep in the bed of my truck every day, um, and travel around, not have a home back home. Like, just Risk that's, that wasn't a dream of mine. Like, I was like, no, I wanted to fish for a living. Like, fish. Now, granted, I was doing a lot of fishing, and yeah. so I was doing a lot of traveling. It was a lot of hard. Man, it was it was tough. I don't I don't ever want to go back to fishing that many tournaments, mm-hmm. but my risk my risk I was risking wasn't that much, in the sense of I might risk twenty thousand a year, where those guys are risking eighty thousand a year, and I probably I, I I gave myself so many chances to make checks that I was gonna I was gonna make it back eventually. You said on the tour, that's six to seven chances you got. Yeah. Very, I mean, you are a little limited. You have a breakdown or two, you know, and and no one talks so this these dreams, right? No one talks about breaking down in tournaments. Uh, I mean, I've done it a ton, you know. No one, no one talks about that. No one. The the other one is is can you name? And this isn't me being mean. This is just the reality. And I wish people would understand this. Does anyone? Can anyone name the last the other the ten or twelve guys on the elites that aren't fishing the elites that were on it last year? And there's going to be 12 more guys this year that won't be there. Mm-hmm. They they won't. And no, they're, they talk about this dream. What are you going to do about those guys? Those 12 guys that now won't be on the elites next year. Um, that dream's gone. And are they stuck with a bunch of debt? Are they, I mean, there it's, it's a tough, tough deal. And I don't think people all kind of always, you don't hear about a lot of those guys who stopped fishing the elites and then you see them back on the elites years later. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, from a long-term perspective, I agree. I mean, I think you see, and, and uh, just with starting the podcast and everything over the last couple of years, I've really followed the elites closer than I ever have. And you definitely see like the guys that were cut last year and you think some of these guys and you're like, man, some of these guys were developing a name, you know, to some yeah. extent. And now, and now they're grinding on all nine of the opens and hopefully, you know, a scene, a, a, to get back there, you've seen some of those guys 
um, have the ability of a sponsor stepping in and saying, look, man, we were with you here. We're going to be with you again. It's just a different product now, right? right. Like we're looking at the opens versus the elites. And so you see some of that as a beneficial thing. And hopefully if you make it to that elite level, you have the ability to build those relationships to if that ever happens to you. But there is a ton of guys that you never hear of again and have never heard no. I, mean, it's, I, I remember when we so there was me, uh, Stephen Johnston, Chris McCall. We all made the elites the same year. None of us went. We all fish for a living to this day. Um, and and I remember the last event, I think, was in October, if I believe, on the Shafly Basin. By November, we had to have our deposits in need to know. So we basically had a year to figure okay. a, a month to figure yeah. out these these so-called sponsors that were going to come in. Now, if I had to fish the elites, I probably would have been able to do it. But like I said, it was just, it was such, I didn't even have a boat at the time, like, or, or like a new, boat. like, man, I had a 10 year old boat. It was bad, but yeah. it was, it was, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't just like, I see these guys now. I mean, half the guys in the opens I look at and they're, I don't care how old they are. They got brand new boat. I mean, they, they're set up a little bit more to do it, I guess, mm -hmm. but I, man, it was, I guess a lot's changed since then. Well, and, and who knows too? I mean, I don't know. I look at that stuff too, man. I mean, so I fished in high school and into college and was fortunate enough to split a 2005 legend, 18 foot boat with my dad when I was in high school. And then basically had that through college tournaments. And I had it up until last year and I bought a used Phoenix, a 2018 Phoenix this last year. But like that, that uh, I mean, I remember going to college tournaments and being like, "Holy moly!" I mean, there's an eighty thousand dollar Rick. There's an eighty thousand, you know. And you're like, "Where is this?" But and then you see it at the next level, you know. And it's like, I don't know how much of these are on credit cards, how much are not. But I think things have changed, and and it's that is to some extent. I see what you're saying. Like, you might be a little more set up because it sucks to break down in a tournament. And the older your boat is, the more chances of that happening. It's just hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine at 23, when you were 23 out of that legend, going to fish the opens qualifying and them going to, Hey, a month, Hey, we're going to need this much money. You can't throw, I mean, this much money down. Right. And, and you're going to have to make all this decision in a month. And, and you're sitting here going, it, it, man, it's a, it's a, it was a hard thing to say. No, it was, it seemed hard at the time and then it was, but it was kind of easy. Cause I was just like, well, I, there's nothing's popped up in them. Like they don't just sponsors all of a sudden just don't come calling you cause you made the elites. Right. And even, even now it's not like sponsors are can't wait to go give people a whole bunch of money. Uh, it's just, it's just not great. My, I've been with my sponsors. My sponsors are great and everything, but they don't like, yeah, they're not, they're not out there going, Hey, we'll still back you and go, go fish the tour. Mm -hmm. um, that's just not, you know, you have to have something pretty special. So, that's I mean, not, that's not good business, man. I mean, I'm a sponsor. No, it's like, no, I mean, you know, in, in the world of that fishing is changing too, just even to what we're doing right here, you know, like just being out there fishing tournaments, it doesn't really mean a lot now. And there's more guys doing it, right? We got MLF, you got the elites, you got NPFL. Now mm -hmm. the tours kind of secondary in there. I mean, so yeah, fishing yeah yeah right more fishermen out there the less exposure there is yeah more 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 pies there are the pies getting divvied up more i mean that's just 100 percent of it yeah man 
Well, that's, I mean, that's, uh, I think we're bringing up, I don't know. We're, we're on a lot of the same page with this, uh, I think. And I mean, when you came back from the tour and you're back at that regional, let's call it, I mean, you're fishing Toyota series events and then also all your local higher level team events and, and solo events, if they're available, I mean, what are you looking for in those tournaments? I mean, what in Texas, especially you guys have so many tournament series, you have so many options to choose from. I mean, for, on a quick level, what are you going to break down and what you're going to fish, what you're not going to fish? So um, I always start off every year by putting like Toyotas and Opens at the top of the list. And yeah. so I try to fish as many of those. And I will say um, the Toyotas, I think the Toyotas are probably the best bang for your buck in the entire country. Like Dude, hands you're, you're reading. So I, I had a guy cancel a couple of weeks ago before I was headed off for a tournament. And uh I did a breakdown of the opens versus Toyota series payouts and championship ups and downs of, of compared them side by side, both very similar entry fees, similar payouts, like compared them all. And uh, I mean, that was my opinion as well is that this is a better bang for your buck comparing those two. It's not even, it's not even close really. I mean, I, I think it's, they, they are so much higher, just individual tournaments then to make the championship um what they gave away last year was insane and, and and i probably paid a little bit more attention to it because i i was in the top 10 so i really i really and i missed jeff reynolds beat me on the on the they gave away another ten thousand for the highest finisher from your division. your division and reynolds beat me by a little bit so i'm sitting here going you get that there's angler of the year money I, i've i've won that a couple times so like there's that the payouts way better than the opens in general so you are it's already better then you put in a championship then you put in some angle of the year money they all look at incentives so incentives to me i made i made so much money over the years off incentives uh, contingency programs incentives for what gear you're using correct and and you had a boat that legend that legend for a while was just it was it was huge for me. We I did I a really that was good the deal. Like people were being yeah. sneaky about it back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I wanted quite a few ten thousand dollar checks. Uh, wow. Quite a few of them. And there was no limit, so I was getting, I was making some money off Legend, and and then with just Toyota and Costa, and they had some way to win things, and they just had a lot of stuff. And I'm I'm real. I always look at all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So those are huge, and I'll bring that up later on. In, yeah. in in the other tournaments. So, but the Toyotas and Opens are, are what I put in first. And then I start looking around and basically it's just the biggest tournament because if the highest entry fee to a degree on is usually going to have a better payout, more people, mm -hmm. the prize is going to be bigger. And then usually a bigger tournament trail, even, even like a Bass Champs and things, they're good about getting incentive programs mm -hmm. so even i never owned a skeeter but until now but the skeeter is part of bass champs so they give away skeeter money um more of it now a lot of people are saying well i don't have a skeeter well i get it so that's what you need to look into is whatever the abas were doing uh triton right the triton money in abas was huge the txtts that we just got done that's what i'm doing the deep waters episode or series over yeah, is um, it was all Ranger, Nitro, and Triton. 
Sure. All and the then, and then they had, yeah. yeah, they had rain, they had Mercury and Evan Rude money in there. Hmm. And I think now they just have Mercury money. And I think Rangers, man, maybe Rangers still in. It's not as good as it was. TXTT's had the best incentives for a while. But I think when Ranger and all that stuff happened, it's not as good anymore. But they still have something. They So you're still getting money that we're not putting in in an event. Yeah. So I would look at those, the bigger the trail, and look at the incentives and how they did it. And so, like I said, a lot of times I was fishing trails when that legend money was going on. I just wanted to fish anything that was like a Bud Light trail or any of those because they had 60 guys. I was going to win 10 grand. So it was – so. So it was first place or highest finisher. It was highest finisher was no, 10K? Really? No, no. First place, but highest finisher was a thousand. Wow. But I mean, so but I I look up and be highest finisher and and make more as being a highest finisher than I would as a check. Wow. So it but there's a lot of things like that. There like even You're when there, I, and you got to look for them. You just got to look for them. I, I agree. I mean, I've to this day, so I drive a Ford, but like I have said over and over, my next pickup will be a Toyota. Um, and the reason is, is I, and just even fishing Bass Nation, um, you know, Federation stuff, like I, I look at like, I've left thousands of dollars on the tables over the years just by not having a Toyota Tundra, you know? Right. Um, so it's just, I, that, that stuff's so cool to me. It, it was crazy too because it so Holman Holman has a Phoenix mm -hmm. and he was asking me the other day he's gotten home he's like man I think I'm gonna go fish this two day BFL at Eufaula because he was like he was looking at the money side of it and I'm like yeah you need to yeah so he did and I I don't know what it is now because like I said I don't have a Phoenix but when I had that legend um, I, I fished a tournament on Rayburn. It was a it was a two day in the fall, and then I drove straight to fishing open at the Arkansas River. So I'm sitting in the lock, and Scott Martin uh, is tying up next to me, mm -hmm. and we just kind of get to talking about. It. I, I didn't know him at the time. Uh, we had just got to talking, and I was like, "Yeah, I've only been here for a day or two. I didn't get much practice. I was fishing a two day BFL." And he was like, "How'd you do?" I said, "I, I won," and he got up to. He's like, how much money did you win? And I was like, man, I don't even know if you want to know. And he was like, well, what? I was like, 19.5. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, I won. I won like since it was a two-day deal. It was higher money. It was like 65 or $7,000. I said, I won 10000 for Legend. I said, they at the time, I think it was 1000 for Mercury, 500 for Motor Guide. Uh, I won Toyota, Way to Win and power pole and something else and he goes dude that's more money than second place is going to win and he goes and you didn't travel you only fished two days you stayed at home i was like yeah i only practiced one day too and wow and he was going that's incredible i'm like yeah it's it's well, so when you do that now granted you have to win and i get some of that but you look up and you see these guys going well i won you know i won 10 grand this weekend well you put in 5500 to get in it and 4,500 is great, but you probably spend another 1500 minimum just to travel, get there. And you, you won three. And I was like, or you can win this. I could have won one BFL at the time. Yeah. And I put up probably about 400 bucks. Wow. Is what it probably four four fifty to, to fish it, to win night. I was like, simple math for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think contingency stuff is huge. And I think it's, and like you said, though, I, you have to be at a confidence level. I mean, you're, you're at a, that level, you're well above my fishing ability where like, I look at the odds of me winning a Toyota series level event and that kind of a thing are, are different. So maybe that goes into your factor of having a Phoenix boat. But to me, a lot of these programs, Yamaha, Phoenix, Toyota, these, these major contingency programs, most boat brands have a contingency program. It's better than the vast majority of guys boat deals. Like just by running, yes. running yes. A, that, like if you don't have a boat deal or you don't want to pursue anything of that, like run a boat that you're going to be, that's supporting by the tournament organization. So, so like even with, with Costa and I was with them for a while, but like I used to always laugh. I was like, man, some of y'all have these deals and it's better. Like I get paid more. I was getting paid more in incentives than I could at, from most sponsors. Yeah, so exactly. I'm going, yeah. Like I, like I'm just going to do whatever the incentive deal is. And luckily I'll be honest with you. And, and Toyota's not my sponsor. I love my truck. Costa was, but Costa's like, come on. Costa's still the best sunglasses. It's not even close. So most of the programs and the incentives that were out there, it wasn't like some subpar. Um, you had to go stretch to do it. Like yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like a quality issue of like, man, I have to wear these these sunglasses. Yeah, I think everyone wants to wear Costas anyways. Um, I'm just saying we, but <laughs> we should, come on, like everyone wants Costas, right? So it's not like it's it's the it's usually the best companies putting out the best incentives. So it's a win win. You're like you're not out going, man. I had to go buy this and fish with it. No, man. Usually, it's a good, it's a good deal regardless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I'm with you. No, I I think contingency programs are really important, um, and I get that chasing the contingency program, especially in that situation. If there's going to be a series that has something that you can align with, go do it. Uh, when it comes to the actual entry, so it sounds like you said. Large field, big, that's generally going to have your biggest payouts. You're looking for contingency programs. What else are you looking for at that local tournament level? Well, and, and I'll go. I didn't. I didn't talk about the large fields. The large field is huge, and here's why: we have fished against 300 guys or 30 guys. And I'm telling you right now, if 30 guys enter a tournament, I know those 30. Like I know half the 30 that got in that event. And I'm telling you right now, I'll pick 15 of those guys and put them up. They're probably going to go win if 300 guys are in it. Mm -hmm. So usually the smaller field guy, like it's usually the same guys. And so if you're going to have to go beat those same 15 guys, might as well do it with 300 guys to where you're not winning 1500, you're winning 30 grand. Mm -hmm. So I always say, yeah, I always want the biggest field and, and anything else, like I said, I want some of these trails. There's good ones and there's bad ones, and it's kind of who runs them. Okay. So, I mean, a little bit is based on who runs them and how they've handled things in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and we just – because tournament, tournament um, organizers or tournament directors, that's not an easy job. Like no, basically, I don't ever want to do. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting yelled at for a lot of different things. But I know when me and Hallman and all of us got together, we're like, hey, we don't care what it is as long as it's fair. And and we can tell you what's Same not for fair. Everybody. Right. Just we want them fair we, and we want it consistent. Mm -hmm. And so 
there's trails out there that start being inconsistent. They say one thing and then they do another. And usually you do that once or twice and we're out. Yeah. So um, I'm not saying it's an easy one, but that's all we want is to, to look at it. We just want it really fair because most of those guys fishing those trails are, are, are good. I mean, the fishing community as a whole, man, there's a lot of really, really good dudes out there. And so we just all want it fair. Shoot. If we could find someone to just put our, give our some cash to at the boat ramp and he hold it, we'd probably just do that. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's, that's not exactly easy. You know, it's none of us want to go run it. We just want to go fish it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, the, the comment you made about if there's the 30 boat tournament and there's 15 guys that, you know, there are absolute hammers. Like that kind of makes me think of what's happening out West right now and has been a struggle in the last while here is the Toyota series field numbers out West. I mean, you look at that, but like you start going through that list of guys and like, dude, the top 20 guys in that are studs i mean like doesn't matter like if it was if there was the u.s open in a 200 boat field like you're gonna see those guys be on that level like and it's interesting how that works and it's part of that struggle out west is i think anyway there's a lot of different tournament organizations competing for stuff and it doesn't seem like there's maybe the the uh um consistency of like a rayburn or a Toledo where there's a large population of anglers that fish that specific body of water. Like the West is a little more spread out, right? Just landmass wise, like it's spread out. So you have these different tournament organizations, but guys like pick and choose one division or one, one, three or four boat or not three or four, but three or four tournament series rather than fishing all of them kind of together. So it's kind of interesting, like those, there's, there's an ability there and I'd love to see kind of the West, make that happen now from a toyota series standpoint a lot of those guys are like look man this is a great gig because you got a good chance at making the championship right and you can come out and win 10 grand uh by finishing the top from out west so like i've made that like so i last year i fished the toyota series the centrals as a boater and then this year took a step back fished stuff as a co on both sides and i'm like man next year i may go west because it's the drive sucks for me either way like it's either this right. way or this way but it's like from a number standpoint the, the the at that tournament it's not as good but with all of the things that the toyota series has going that we talked about maybe it makes sense you know you see and and like i said i'm good with someone going either way in the sense of you looked at it from your point of view of of like how you're trying to get it accomplished with i'll never knock a guy who who looks at it in in a way like that or, or a certain way of this this makes sense for me because like i said i don't live that far away from from these places now the good and the bad about rayburn in toledo is is yeah we have a lot of trails here but man we have the worst worst guys like our guys don't travel our guys are the worst and everyone around texas hates i'm gonna say them because i'm not (laughs) included in them they all know i will travel to your lake like Uh i like i love it like i hate everyone knows i hate being on rayburn too many weeks in a row I, i just i just i have to sometimes but i despise it i love i have so much more fun fishing these other lakes it's so much more fun um with that being said is yeah like so those guys it's great when you look at rayburn but 
then they these other tri- we have so many great lakes in Texas yeah. and we have so many options that guys just now sit on their lakes and don't fish anywhere else. So even like that TTO, we begged him. We were like, do not let, and I don't want to call them jackpotters because they're not jackpotters. They just don't want to do anything. I said, don't let anyone in this trail that doesn't fish all four of them. And man, it was the best thing ever. And it, we, everyone that fishes the trail that got in all four of them, a hundred percent of them love it. Love that fact that like, so we go to these, we go to these, these tournaments, man, and I, we all love it. We go to Rayburn, and every one of those uh, local Rayburn guys has to sit there and watch us give – they give away all this money this one weekend, and they're not allowed to fish it because they won't get in all of them. And we had – and I knew this because there were so many guys on every lake. And this is the this is the part. This is the, the bad part about fishermen. They all just assumed that the tournament directors were going to fold. So – we said we were trying to get a hundred guys. Well, when we didn't have a hundred teams show up, hey man, they're calling up three days before, four days before, going, hey, we want to get in, and we're like, you know, we can't. And they're like, well, no, man, y'all don't have enough people. Oh well, we're running it. And they're like, so y'all really aren't going to let us in. They really all thought that we were bluffing when we said that. <laughs> and I say we because we were, we all told them, do not let whatever you do. I don't care if two hundred guys call. Don't let any of them in. And he didn't. He didn't let any of them in. He's like, hey, you want to fish our trail, fish all four of them, support the trail, support what we're trying to do, and everyone wins. But, yeah, they man, the guys were, guys were like, they didn't realize they were going to be serious. So stuff like that, if you're able to do it, and that's what we told them, like, as a, once again, as a tournament director, just don't, just don't crumble – to these guys and all sure. these things, you just stay true with what you're doing, and I promise it, it. Everyone fishing the trail will love it, and I'm telling you, everyone that fished that trail loved it. Loved that they stuck with the rules no matter what, because this is they said, "Hey, this is what we're going to do," and then six months later they did it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, what you I, said about the California, that there's a way to do it if someone wants to get out there and and. Like I said, they go to, like you said, Havasu or or meat or whatever it is, and those locals can't get in. They'll rethink about, okay, well, maybe I need to travel around if they're going to do this and they're going to come to my lake every every year. Yeah. It's just – it's an interesting thing, man. I don't – like I've been trying to figure it out too. I like – I don't know if you've heard Rick Pierce is throwing a, a Bass Cat championship out there um, this year. And it'll it will also, I believe, be next year. But basically, it's taking another incentive to fish out west. I mean, like the top ten of the Toyota series, I think the top twenty of that Apex series that's going on, and the top ten of the Juan Bass series, and all of those guys will fish a uh, Bass Cat. I don't know, he's going to call it Classic or something at a different lake. So Man, now, that is that is awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's a great. It's got me. It's got me thinking. That's a great idea. Yeah, like, yeah. to to just try and get some congruency between these organizations. Yeah. What Rick is trying to do is grow because he's like, man, this is whack. There's anglers. Enough anglers out here that are all fishing different trails. We got to figure out a way to to grow some of this stuff out west to then draw maybe the opens or some of this. Have make sure that the national presence is still there. So it's kind of a a good way. And uh, I mean, I think it's genius on his part. And I'm 
we're working on getting him on the show to talk about it. But like that is a, I don't know, it's a cool thing. Well, see, and and the other thing is, is you got these tournament directors out here that that don't work well with others. Oh yeah. And and what I mean by that is, is they they're 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 starting to put these trails out here, and maybe too many of them or whatever, and they just they just put them on top of other other trails. Yeah, schedule wise, you mean. And, and I mean, like, even when we have Toyotas, I can't tell you how many Toyota events that I look up and you make the cut on Saturday and you're out there. There's more people on a Saturday fishing another guy's trail mm. that he threw in. And man, they, they do it on, I wouldn't say on purpose, but it's not, I, I know, I know for a fact, some of them are complaining now of going, well, man, why are the entries though? I'm like, well, look, man, you, you put all these tournaments on top of other tournaments and you wonder when you start splitting everything up, once again, entry entries go down and, and all everyone loses. Yeah. And then they wonder why they don't like now, man, why, why is the entry so low? Well, man, it was okay when the country and, and everyone was, but now when it's the gas is doing it is and everything, what do you expect? You kind of, it's going to eliminate some trails by the way the gas and everything is going right now it's it's gonna hurt i agree i agree man i agree well dude we'll kind of start wrapping things up here um i wanted to give you a chance to talk a little about we had talked uh before the show started about something really cool in my eyes man that you're doing with your youtube stuff right now uh you mentioned it a little bit but the deep waters what's that looking like and how do guys follow along with that so you know i'm always I'm always, when I started this YouTube journey, I didn't really know where I was going to go with it. Right. I mean, I, I kind of had to get a camera when I was fishing the tour and I just kind of, was just kind of started it. So, you know, I've never really watched a lot of YouTube. I almost watched no YouTube at all, to be honest with you, but I always kind of had an idea. I saw where people would go with it and I just didn't like it. And so I'm always trying to throw stuff out there and see what happens and understand it. Well, this like what will happen though is and i tell everyone when everyone watches like everyone wants to do these tip videos and all these videos and i was watching them all and a tip video to me if i tell you something about spinner baits all i'm really showing you is is you know say i'm on rayburn i'm really just showing you how to catch a fish on a spinner bait on rayburn this one day in this one condition but it so what i what i see is is everyone shows the ending they might not realize, but that's they didn't show everything it really took to understand how to get to there. So when I did this tournament um, and I was telling you, you know, I didn't know the ending when I first started. And, and I and I film all my my tournaments, but the ending was so crazy. Um, and I was like, man, maybe I I can figure out a way to to start this from the very beginning and, and show everything in between. In a lot of YouTube videos, they don't like part one or part two. And, uh, but I, my followers that already follow me, like, man, they're awesome. Like I, I might have the best following my, this group of guys that I got following me yeah. um, this core group. And I started doing it and they all understood what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to give you the entire experience rather than just really what everyone shows you is the end product, even though they don't mean to, uh, they had to get there somehow. And I'm trying to throw all this stuff right in product in a tournament. I mean, the, the, the video tournament video, that kind of a thing. And it, yeah. And, it, and it's not about like, 
it's what I'm trying to show you is it's not so much we were talking earlier. If it was just one way, I caught him. Like I, I did this in practice and I caught him right in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's almost just a, a one video technique video because I didn't really show you anything. But here, so many different things happen. Like it was I had like this perfect storm uh, happen in this tournament where I'm all over the place. I mean, I'm, I mean, everything is going on. We have so many different things going on. And all I'm trying to do is get all those things. Like one of my deals was like a puzzle. I got all these pieces and I'm trying to show y'all how, yeah, I got all these pieces and now I'm just putting them all together with my ideas of why we did this, why we're not doing that. Like you said, well, we didn't catch fish here and this is why we changed or this is why. And so I have all that in there. And so I think I'm on episode, I don't even know, maybe five or six, I think seven, six comes out tomorrow. Nice. Um, or this is might be maybe not. It might be eight or nine by the time this airs, but, yeah. yeah, it's uh, I'm just kind of winging it, but that like so it. far, I believe in my comments, I think it's my most liked videos I've ever had in the sense of like the majority of people. That's awesome, man. I have it. I, I like yourself, man. I really don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, but like that is a series that I'd be interested in checking out and will after this just because it's almost getting into your brain. And I think what's cool about it too is. So many times, like you said, it might be the video of somebody throwing a top water and smashing them on day three, making a comeback and winning a tournament. But it's like days one and two, maybe they didn't catch a fish on a top water. All of practice, they didn't catch a fish on a top water. And then it's that switch, and no one saw that or saw that that angler was able to do that without without a clue necessarily, or it might just right. Be so so yeah. So why did he make the switch? What what you know what what pointed him in that direction or you know i don't know how many times like guys will catch them really good and then the next day do something different you're like well, wait a minute how'd that guy catch them so good and decide to do something different like completely different the guts that that guy had to do that is huge and like i've seen i mean i remember when hallman i don't want to go too long but when when yeah. hallman won on lanier he was catching all these fish, and I think it was on day three or day four, he went up the river where he had gotten a couple bites in practice, like one time, or like stayed around and started throwing a spinnerbait, and he didn't catch a giant bag, but it was enough to win. And I'm going, man, you just threw everything you'd done in three days away, and but he, but but that's how you win sometimes, and so yeah. that kind of went on here. Um, I, I always joke with the guys in the videos that I'm like, hey. Whatever y'all think y'all, whatever y'all keep watching, I promise you, if I gave y'all guesses, this is not where it would go. And I'm just, I'm, that's all I throw it out there is like, you can watch it all. And I'm not saying we won't catch some, but when I'm like, it, it's, it's like that little ending of a movie. Like I'm going to catch some people off guard, guaranteed. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Like, like that primal fear. I don't know if you've seen primal fear, but all those movies yeah. that you watch it and there's that twist at the end. Yeah. Well, I think. I think there's going to be a twist at the end that they're going to be like, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so I, that's why it's been really fun for me to make. Like I've enjoyed it and then tried to push it that direction because I, you can't fake it. Right. I mean, it's, it's a tournament. Like I think tournament videos are the best because you can't fake any of this. It, it's literally, you got to put it out there and, and you know, it's not, I didn't have three days to make this video. I had 
my two days of the tournament. That's it. Wow. So I like it. Cool. Well, you got me inspired anyway. I'll, I'll check that out. I like twists. That's fun. Yeah. Um, man, the last thing I always ask every guest on the show, uh, biggest large mouth, small mouth, spotted bass, what you caught them on and where you were. Uh, 1266 Big one. Uh, sight fishing. No way. Yeah. Uh, sight fishing on, on I got a 1260 on Toledo uh, on what's now the hybrid hunter, but it, years ago it was the Bubba, but no okay. one, you know, like, but it, same bait, you uh -huh. know, it's made by the same company yeah. uh, in the sense of strike pro still, we still license them out to those guys. So they're like, I still I still talk to the head guy of Strike Pro all the time, and yeah, it's our relationship's still pretty cool. Um, Smallmouth, I don't. Um, I caught a big one on Texoma over six. Oh wow! And then I, I weighed one in on the tour event on Saint Clair that was a six, three or four or something. I, I don't. It's a big one, dude. It was some. Yeah, I caught one on Texoma. Andrew Upshaw was actually with me practicing mm -hmm. as a calling there and, and I caught it in practice, but I think I caught a couple sixes at St. Clair when I was there. Wow. And then spotted bass, man, I have no idea. Pro uh, oh, I caught some big ones that uh, I didn't weigh any of them. I think I've got some close to probably only like four or something. It was either at Lanier or Smith. Yeah. I remember catching big ones on That's both of them. That's like probably yeah no i mean that i just i i don't I, they're not big enough for me to really weigh i mean yeah. like but i was like oh my gosh this is a giant spot and we don't get we don't get big ones like i mean a three pounder anywhere in texas is is usually pretty big yeah yeah no that's i mean that's a, i would say my most common answer to that is like oh, i don't really know like two and a half three pounds something like that and uh it's funny i don't know to me a true tournament fisherman like I don't really think cares that much about the weight of a fish unless it's in a tournament or if it's a giant, giant one, like the amount of times where I haven't weighed like a good one. I'm like, man, I kind of wonder what that one weighed. Um, but I fished, we fished because we're in Colorado. We don't have big lakes and stuff. We'll, we'll do our state tournament somewhere else every year. So this year and it's only seven hours from my house or eight hours, I guess would have been, we went up to Lake Oahe in South Dakota where the elites are about to be. And I caught a 576 smallmouth in practice. And uh, I think that was like one of the only fish that I have weighed because I was like, dang, this is a big one. Like it looked, it looked like a freak. You know what I mean? But like most of the time I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good one. It's like four and a half, four pounder, like whatever it may be. But it's funny because I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't really weigh him unless it's like a freak like that. No, and, and uh, real quick. So when I was growing up, I grew up on Livingston. There were no 10 pounders on Livingston. And I went to school at SFA and my first trip ever to Nacogdoches, I caught a seven and a half out there walking the dam, which I probably wasn't allowed to do. And then I went out with a, a guy in a boat and I catch a nine something. And it probably was my biggest fish at the time. And but it was my second time on Lake Nat. And so then I started fishing Rayburn, Lake Nat, all these lakes and 10 pounders became fairly regular mm -hmm. and they weren't at first, but like now, in all honesty, I started fishing more tournaments. It, it was harder to catch them. Uh, we've caught quite a few in, in tournaments. But, it, you know, like I said, it's, it's crazy how 
everyone looks at these big fish and like, man, I've never caught a 10. And I'm like, Hey, look, it's just cause you, it's not because you're a fishing ability. It's because of where you live. Yeah. I'm just, I just promise you it's, it's mainly, it's because of if you fish lakes that have big ones, you're going to catch a 10 pounder. And we fished, I, I couldn't tell you how many 10 pounders we caught. Uh, I have no clue. We, it, it, we just caught so many of them back in the day. Now, I will say, I don't catch as many of them as I once did. Interesting. But for a while, yeah, I mean, we were catching, we were catching probably five to 10 a year. Wow. That's crazy. Five, maybe five, six a year. I mean, we had some, we had some 50 pound days on some lakes out there. I mean, wow. no, sight fishing. And then um, just you get on certain lakes at certain times of the year. And I mean, you're, you got a chance at some. I mean, you got to realize some of our lakes are like, like top notch, like incredible. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of secretive a little bit. They're not secretive anymore. They're kind of, it's kind of tough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, you got, like I said, you, but you got to live on a lake that has them. If not, it's almost, some, it's so hard to catch a 10 pounder. Any, I, you know, I caught an 11 at Chickamauga and I've only been there once. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, you might get lucky going some other place, but One most time. of the time, yeah. 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 You got to have that consistent. I think, yeah, that was practice for a tour. And I think I caught it 985 and on the, on Seminole on day two of the tours. At least that one was in a tournament. That was, was in a tournament. Like I said, yeah, we waited a lot of tens in tournaments. Uh, they, those help win your boats. I will say yeah. that. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that does help the cause. That 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 all that hey, that was one of the things I had to learn real quick that I couldn't go out there and try to catch twenty pounds every tournament. You better go catch a ten pounder in a tournament because it's hard to win without one. Wow, that's that's Texas for you. That's yeah. awesome, dude. That's, that's why awesome. it's hard to it's why it's hard to win now, man. I it's hard it's hard getting wins now. You got to have that big bite. Yeah, everyone everyone's out there trying to fish for him. Hmm. Hmm. I like it. Well, Todd, man, thanks for coming on. Um, how can folks follow along with everything you got going? Man, I, I got Instagram and Facebook, but really it's Todd Castleline Fishing is my YouTube. And I, I probably I probably put 90% of my effort into that now. It's just I've been kind of having fun with it. And it's it's uh I don't know. It's going pretty good. I like it. I like doing it. It's a little work, but it's uh it's kind of fun too. I like it, man. I like it. Well, folks, if you haven't, if you haven't, you live under a rock, check out his YouTube channel. It's awesome. It's something that I, I really like listening to because he does get into a lot of that analysis stuff, the same kind of stuff that I like when looking at tournament trails. And um, so, man, it was great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll see you here at ICAST the next couple of weeks. I'll come say hi if I find you. Yeah, come find me. I'll be at the Strike King, probably at the Strike King Lose booth now since that's really my little home now of designing baits so yeah i'll be i'll be there for three days awesome awesome all right man we'll have a great rest of your week and we'll see you here in a couple weeks all right thanks adam